0: on wealth Coffee Chats today. We're going to wait for a couple of minutes for all of you to get on board, but uh, Andy Benson here coming to you in lieu of Jason. Jason on some other duties today, uh, so I'll be looking at the recent questions and some of the things that we've been talking about over the past week or so, uh, and some interesting conversations that have come from it, and concept called kick-off investing, uh, which I'm considering calling the Highway to AIM. So as you jump on board, give us a, a shout-out in the chat. Let us know that uh, that you're here. And we'll start to kick off in just a couple of minutes. But uh, let us know where you're here. Alison, good to see you, as always. Give us a shout-out. Let us know where you're coming in from. Let us know that you're there. <laughs> uh, for those of you who've, uh, who have... Thing, myself on uh, wealth, well wisdom, with Jason. You parent here, bags, sure uh, the eyes, doing really, really well, Allison. Uh, I'm sure a, a few wealth, wine, and wisdoms down the track. will have a little bit more to uh, to talk about. Kevin, good to see you, mate. Good to have you on board, Jeff. Great to see you here as well. Well, gang, I reckon we'll uh, we'll start to get into it. Uh, for those of us who are prompted on time this morning, wherever you are, hopefully you're having a, a cracking day. It's an absolute perler down here in uh, in the sunny state of Victoria at the moment, which is uh, which is a nice change. So let's get into it. Let's have a little bit of fun today. Uh, as I said, Jason is. Uh, Jason's currently uh, managing a few other things behind the scenes uh, with the team. So he asked me if I'd come along and share some of the insights that we've been experiencing more recently with clients in the markets. Um, not so much in dad life, but uh, you know, maybe I'll have some tips about that in, in 20 years or so. Uh, Brendan, great to have you on board as well. So gang, peaks to troughs. Um, now, I know that the the slogan is always, you know, buy well, never sell. Uh, but sometimes we do need to strategically reposition our portfolios, whether that be because you know we need to change structures of our portfolios over time to minimise tax. Um, some of you who watch Wealth Wine and Wisdom a lot, or uh, are part of the Positive Mentoring Crew, will probably know a little bit more about what I mean there, uh, because maybe you want to pay less tax over a lifetime, and you want to reposition you know your acquisition strategy, which means that sometimes we do need to strategically sell things. Um, and what I'm experiencing in the, in the property game is very much that. Uh, there's also the fact that, that a property isn't a, a liquid asset as far as, you know, you can't sell a bathroom if you need cash flow. So, you know, it may be a few different reasons why you're, you know, forced to want to sell or forced to look at selling um, property. And I want to chat with you about something which is very, very common in my world, but it seems to be less common in the property world. Uh, and so hopefully all of you are cool with that. Let me know if that's an interesting topic for you guys uh, by, yep, yeah, cool, let's get things moving or now, let's move on to the next one. Let's talk about CPI and inflation and, uh, and interest rates and all of that sort of stuff. Happy to go wherever you want to go. But are we happy to talk about peak to trough? Because uh, peak to trough is what I call a highway to pain. Uh, thank you, Alison. Uh, let's let's rock and roll with it. Uh, the reason why I say peak to trough investing is a highway to pain uh, is there is a mindset uh, and the mindset it, it quite often when it comes to investing is, okay, well, my portfolio has reached a certain level. Um, and then when it comes off a little bit, uh, <laughs> have I got to, are, you, are you a spy, Jeff? Um, <laughs> so, well, let's see if I can walk the tightrope right, um, well enough. Uh, so just to reclassify the conversation, there's sometimes reasons why you might want to sell in in the property world and one of them is perhaps you know you're looking at retirement and you know you, one of the sayings that i use is you can't sell the bathroom so if you if the cash flow that you're producing from your properties isn't enough to sustain you know a lifestyle for the next 20 years maybe that you need to convert that into cash so that you can then fund um, or potentially mortgage the properties depending that there's different strategies but ultimately there are some circumstances where you might want to look at selling properties Um, And there's also something that I've been chatting with some of my clients about, and it's called um, Who Let the Dogs Out? I'm not sure if anybody's uh, (laughs) heard that uh, song before. But uh, what I've seen has been some great opportunities recently where um, it happens in investing, right? Um, We buy something which uh, is a bit of a dog. Um, Sometimes we can buy them as far as dog stocks are concerned. Uh, Sometimes you buy them as properties. You know, it's a dog property. It, It had all the potential in the world. Uh, But for whatever reason, it just didn't come to fruition. Perhaps the planning didn't continue to operate in that area. Whatever the case may be, you know, those of us who have been investing long enough have have had a dog at some point in time. But what COVID kind of did and what the the property market accelerating did is it let the dogs out. And one of the things that we've been focusing on with a number of our clients is those people who needed to strategically sell, whether it be because they needed to create more liquidity because they needed to live on greater levels of income than what the properties were producing, or they were looking at repositioning their portfolio for the future. Uh, And what I mean by that is potentially going, well, we've already got multiple, you know, uh, properties outside of superannuation. Perhaps we're now starting to get to a point in time where we want more tax-free income in retirement. Um, So it comes to this, this kind of concept of, you know, when do, we, when do we look to reposition the portfolio? And I'm not going to tell you when the right time is, but I'm going to tell you a mindset that can be quite crippling. Uh, and in my world, as I said, in the, in the equities market, we see this all of the time. We call it falling in love with a stock. Uh, and typically, if you fall in love with a stock, uh, t- what tends to happen is you hold it too long. Things like you know Tesla uh, a recent was a stock that everybody absolutely loved, took a big fall from Grace, you know, Apple, Google. A lot of the the signs were there in that markets weren't going that well. Excuse me. Uh, Obviously, it's kind of work time now. Um, Markets were starting to transition and go into a different direction. And when interest rates rise, typically growth stocks will start to have more struggle at the time. Now, you guys will know more uh, through your time with Jason as to how property markets react to that. But one of the things that we need to be very cautious of when we're investing is we take a long-term view, okay? And all of our strategies need to be long-term strategies. Uh, You know, 10, 15-year journey, 10 to 20-year journey is really what we need to be looking at when investing. Um, Because let me tell you this, if anybody tells you that they know exactly what's going to happen at any one point in time, they're full of it, right? Um, Because markets can change faster than you can change your mind. And so... And if we were right all the time, we'd probably be on a super yacht in the Bahamas. So, what we need to do is we need to be very, very careful about how we measure our journey as investors. Now, what I'm interested to understand how you would look at it. If you're looking at your investment journey right now, how do you gauge your level of success? Like right? in one or two words, whack it into the chat. How do you gauge your level of success based on your investments right now? If somebody was to say, you know. You know, out of on a scale of one to ten, you know, where's your investment um portfolio or where's your investment strategy? How how would you gauge that? What's your measure of success Been buying dividend stocks, PHPs up? Okay. <laughs> 90, 90, yeah. Yeah. All right, that's one way we can look at it. What's some other ways that we can look at it? Well, we might we might look at it and go, Okay, well, actually I uh, bought a property seven years ago, uh, it was you know, 800000 it's now $1 million. We might look at a stock and go, you know, I bought this at $100, it's now $50. So we might judge ourselves uh, what I call peak to trough. So what we need to do as investors, and this is my opinion, is we need to look at the journey and we need to understand where in the 15 to 20-year journey we sit. And that's how we start to look at our portfolio. And there's a psychology behind it, uh, which stops us from getting into too much pain along the way Uh, because pain is quite often hindsight and hindsight happens into the future, which means that you've made decisions beforehand. Mm -hmm. So people always go, oh, I wish I held onto it longer Uh, or you know what, I never should have sold that property now because it's worth so much more now, right? But what we need to do when we need to make decisions in regards to our investment journey is we need to avoid the peak to trough approach, which is, oh my God, I was up and my portfolio was $8 million, and now it's $7 million. I can't possibly sell until it's back up to $8 million. Right? This is a concept where people are always in a lost position. Right? And think about that for a moment. Is that the way that you want to live your investment journey, which is going to be for the next 15 to 20 years? Do you want to be constantly disappointed? Because here's the thing is markets will always hit new peaks, but on the way, they will always have moments where they're less than their peak, right? Because the peaks don't last for very long. The peaks tend to to you tend to hit a peak over the course of a day, and then they come off, and they're never quite at that same level. So if you're always judging your portfolio from the highest position it's been in, you will always be in a position of loss, which will mean that you will potentially make some really poor decisions along the way, because we know that when we're in a state of loss, we we pump more cortisol around our system. For those of you who know the the the, the results of having too much cortisol around your system, you become stupid effectively it wipes out 80 percent of your neocortex it wipes out a good portion of your mammalian brain so it takes away your social construct and your ability to make good pragmatic decisions Um, absolutely this is one of jason's which is buy and hold Um, but just in the context of this conversation it was all sometimes we need to sell something whether it be we need to free up liquidity or we need to uh we, we want to reposition our portfolio So what we don't want to do is go, well, what was the highest price that it ever hit and where is it now? Because what will happen is that you'll always be in a position of loss and you'll never make a good decision when you're always in a position of loss. And the other thing is you'll be chasing, chasing the pot of gold at the end of a rainbow, right? And here's the reason why. In 15 years' time, likely if you chose to sell a stock or a property, if it was a good stock or a good property, in 15 years' time, you're going to look back and Nine times out of ten, you're going to go, oh, wow, if I'd hold on to that, it was worth a hell of a lot more now. So hindsight is going to kill you if you take that approach to it, right? But if we're looking at it in the term of a 10 to 15-year or a 10 to 20-year journey, what's your decision-making process now? And I'm curious. I, I want you to think about that. Do you go, what was it worth? Where, where do I need it to be? You know, how are you looking at your portfolio when you go, okay, I've got a 10 to 15-year journey? And this is where I want to be in the future. And this is what the journey needs to look like over time. What I want to instill in you is it's part of the overall strategy. So when we have good opportunities uh, and when they're, like I said, who let the dogs out, uh, when these dog stocks start to come good or these dog properties start to come good, then the way that I think that you need to start to look at it is, well, how do we need to strategically position ourselves for the future? do we need more cash? And when you do have the opportunities, it's a strategic decision, right? It's not a stock decision. It's not looking at the the portfolio of peak to trough. It's going, actually, there's a good strategic reason to make these decisions right now. And it's really, to a degree, it's got nothing to do with the price of the underlying investment. You obviously want to do it when it's been slightly better. So, If you're in one of those positions right now and you're asking yourself, do I need to actually make one of these decisions on a dog property? Um, One way that you can start to look at it is look at it over the 10 to 15 year journey, right? Is the position that I'm in a position that I want to be in for the future? Meaning, do I still believe that the area that I'm in has the types of growth and the potential that I believed in the beginning? Right? And if it's not ticking out all of your boxes and you do need to, you know, free up that cash flow for your lifestyle or look to transition that into a different structure, then it might be a good idea to start to chat with your property coach in regards to well, what do we do with that? Because then you're looking at a decision that's now a, a 10 to 15 year decision into the future, which is, well, if I redeploy that in a better structure for the next 15 years, what investment decision would, would I make now? Given all of the insights and the the greater levels of education that I have, you know, can I make better decisions now? And if the answer is overwhelmingly yes, and you're looking at it as a part of a ten to fifteen year strategy, then all of the all of a sudden the decisions start to make themselves. Let me know if this is making sense. Just put a, a Y or an N in the chat because it's something which I'm seeing a lot of at the moment with a number of clients. We've had a number of clients take the opportunity over COVID to you know, sell off some of their what we call dog properties um, and dog stocks because the market ran and things that just weren't very buoyant, uh, they managed to come up. And one, one of the things that I kept on chatting with them about is because they said, oh, but it was up high yesterday or it was up higher last month. Um, you know, we're, we're in a lost position. I'm like, well, actually, in comparison to where you were, um, you're, you're significantly further up the mountain. So it's kind of like those people who, who climb Mount Everest, um, and they get ten meters to the top, and they're always talking about, "Well, I never made it to the top." Let's, well, look how far you actually got uh, from the beginning. And investing's the same. Like if you always look at that two percent of missed opportunity, um, you won't realize all of the, you know, ninety-eight percent of opportunity that you capitalized on. And so, in my world, in the equity markets, I think that. Pe- pick to try investing is really common because in my world, markets jump around on a day-to-day basis. Uh, you know, you can be elated and jumping for joy one day uh, and literally the next day the market's off 8% and all of a sudden you think you're poor again. And so we're kind of used to it in my world. In the property market, uh, people aren't as used to that journey and that's because you buy a property for a long period of time and you should buy stocks for a long period of time and property doesn't generally get priced on a day-to-day basis. But when you need to make decisions with property uh, in order to, you know, fund the lifestyle that you need or in order to reposition your portfolio, just be very, very careful of that peak-to-trough lifestyle, uh, peak-to-trough investing. So I'm going to take you through a couple of positions. This is what we usually talk about uh, on Wealth, Wine & Wisdom, Uh, but uh, I'll just kind of show you where, where all of our statistics are at right now and then kind of sum up for the day and let you guys go and have a rocking rest of your Thursday. So as most of you will know, um, this is our CPI indicator. So CPI is the consumer price index. It's the cost of things going up. A lot of people are trying to use a crystal ball at the moment and try and figure out where this is going in order to figure out, uh, you know, where interest rates are going. And many people are focusing quite heavily on, uh, on fuel prices, the war in Ukraine, quite rightly so, because these have an impact broadly across, you know, the whole market. One of the things that I think that we are going to continue to see is we're going to continue to see businesses having to make price adjustments. Um, And this is going to be a medium-term type of effect, right? So we need to be able to spend some time to look over the next sort of two years of these sort of pricing increases um, and start to look at how you position yourself based on, and this this is a great great website to go to. It's the ABS, uh, which is the Australian Bureau of Statistics.gov.au. And um, if you're in business, yeah, I think you should be looking in here and having a look at the parts of your business that, uh, that are impacted by the price increases uh, over the last 12 months for things that you will need. But when it comes to budgeting, when it comes to looking forward as to you know, your, how you're going to be uh, paying into your property portfolios, how you're going to be paying uh, into your offset accounts, how you're going to be paying school fees, all of these types of things, it's not a bad idea for when you set your budgets because I know if you're listening to this, you guys do set your budgets uh, and you do, you know, uh, allocate your scarce resources, which is your time, your energy and your cash into areas that we call green energy, which are going to provide for you in the future. But my little hot tip at the end of this session with the World Coffee Chat uh, is, well, firstly, don't do not do peak the trough investing. Um, understand that it's part of an overall journey and a 10 10- to 15-year strategy. But now as you're adjusting your strategy because every strategy needs to be tweaked at at various different points in time, have a look at the forward-looking budgets and start to get in front of this and start to budget for, you know, things into the future that are going to be more and more expensive, All right? So if you're a smoker, it's going up by 5%, so stop smoking, right? (laughs) That's probably one that you can do. But have a look at some of these areas in your life and start to adjust your budget over the next 12 24 months so that you can get in front of this so that it doesn't hit you as a surprise, if that makes sense. If we forward save today, then we can save ourselves a little bit of pain in the future. Uh, So, one of the big tips for the Wealth Copy Chat is adjust your budgets today based on where we're going to be tomorrow. Um, And what I mean by that is if we have a look at the overall consumer price index, if some of you haven't looked at your budget for a little while, it's probably a good idea to whack an extra 7% on it. Hell, I'd probably put 10% on as far as your spend expenditure is concerned um, and see where that levels out because if you do that, then you can start to set your savings appropriately. And what I mean by that is if it was costing you $100 a week for you know, groceries, now factor in $110 per week and then make sure that you're still able to tuck away still the same amounts into your super, the same amounts into your investment portfolios, the same amount into your stock portfolios does this all make sense it looks like it is yep we've got a couple in here making sense allison yeah you're all over it love it right so that's kind of where we're at from a consumer price index perspective it's still going up and it's still likely to continue to go up we've also got our bond yields uh, i've lost the chart right now Let's see if i can bring it back up But uh, as Jason and I have been chatting about now for a number, uh, oh gosh, it'd be a year I think now, is where the 10-year bond yields are sitting. And so as you can see here, we've sort of plateaued a little bit over the last four or five months. We're still sitting at the 10-year bond yield of about 4.1%. What does that mean? Um, It means that the market, not the Reserve Bank, it means that the market as a whole believes that you know over the next ten years or over a ten-year period, our cash rate is going to be sitting at that four point one percent, right? So if they're lending money out, if the federal government now is lending money out, they're they're lending money out over a ten-year period at four point one percent, right? This is the reason why people can now get higher levels of savings when they're going to their banks, right? Because the banks can actually uh, go to the Reserve Bank of Australia and get money for 4.1 percent over time and this is then factoring into you guys paying interest on all of your loans and things of that nature so understanding this part as many of you will have seen before if you've been watching wealth Fine and wisdom over time uh is the market's kind of looking at an average of about a four percent kind of cash rate over time so when we come back to our budgeting when we start to budget for our properties uh when we start to budget uh, for even for our savings and potentially even retirement, we should be looking at a cash rate of in around that four point one percent, and factoring in, I reckon, a little bit of a buffer margin because typically the Reserve Bank will always overshoots, and start to adjust your budgeting today, and if you can, start tucking more away for the future, so that as interest rates do rise and they will continue to rise a little bit, as they do, you're already ahead of the game, All right? And what this helps you do. To, to do is is constantly play as Gretzky would say who's one of the best ice hockey players ever to hit the planet is you want to play where the puck is going to be not where the puck is right now otherwise you're constantly going to be chasing your tail and this is why I say peak to trough investing is always a highway to pain if you are trying to play where the puck is at a point in time you're always going to be behind the eight ball right you're never going to be in front so couple of different ways that we can avoid that peak to trough investing, which is a highway to pain. What's the right way to look at it? The right way to look at it is on a 10- to 15-year strategy. The right way to look at it is is going, well, where is the puck going to be um, from a savings and budgeting perspective, planning for that, and if anything, overestimate. Put a little bit more effort in now in order to be able to save some pain in the future, Or and then there's upside. Then you get the gift of upside. How many of you have uh, have saved, uh, you know, pragmatically, sometimes you know, not gone out when your friends have gone out, uh, have, you know, squirreled away and, uh, and and everyone's given you a bit of stick for it over a point in time, but you're, you're putting that away and then all of a sudden, you know, markets go up, your property portfolio goes up and, they, and people turn around and go, geez, wouldn't that be nice? Geez, that was pretty lucky. Uh, geez, you're in a fortunate position. I'd love to be in the position that you're in. Well, let me know if that's actually happened to you. Uh, it definitely happened with property investors out there, especially recently. Um, but what people don't see is the pain, is the savings, is, the, the, is being pragmatic over time. So they don't see that you're already, you know, budgeting and playing where the puck's going to be and sometimes sacrificing a little bit today in order to be able to have the opportunity for tomorrow. So play where the puck's going to be. Adjust your savings and your budgeting now for the future. Make sure that you've dialed in all of your savings for the future interest rate increases, and if they don't happen, you're going to have more money in your pocket. And if you need to strategically, for whatever reason, uh, look at adjusting your portfolio, please, 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 don't fall in love with things. Look at the opportunity that's in front of you and and then strategically analyse that over your journey for the next 10 to 15 years because it's very, 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 very rare that I ever see anybody sell right at the peak. And if you do, quite often, it's just at luck. Um, and in any way, 10 years' time from now, it'll be a new peak anyway. So if you think that's where you need to be at the peak, you're always going to be disappointed. That is 100%. I love that, Luke. It is has nothing to do with luck. It's planning for the future. Uh, I do believe, Luke, a little bit of luck along the way helps. Uh, but those people who aren't playing the game and aren't doing it uh, will never be lucky uh, because they're just not doing all the work that you guys are right now. So team, that's uh, a little bit from me for the Wealth Coffee Chat. Uh, Hopefully hopefully I did it justice for you guys and hopefully you've taken something away from it. Play where the puck's going to be. Um, Don't think that you're always going to sell out at the peak um, and make sure that no matter what you're doing, uh, you're enjoying the journey and keep investing in your own education because that's something that the world can never take away from you. The more that you've got up here, the more it will convert into wealth in your life, whatever that means to you. But, gang, it was awesome hanging out with you all. Uh, We'll be back with Wealth, Wine & Wisdom real soon. Uh, We'll we'll let you know. We've sort of given a little bit of a facelift. I think I probably need to go in for a facelift as well. Uh, But also appreciate you guys bearing with us while I've taken time to to be with the new family. Uh, But I am really, really excited to get back with all of you guys on Friday nights. I know Jason is as well, so stay tuned. We will let you know. Uh, We'll we'll send lots of info out to you guys beforehand. But for now, uh, I think Jason says, remember, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Investing isn't for good time, Charlie's. And from my side of the equation, play where the puck's going to be. Avoid the peak to trough investing mindset um, and invest in this. It'll always pay you dividends. Have an incredible day, team. Look forward to seeing you all soon.